This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. It is episode 16, and we are here to chew some bubble gum and do a kick-ass podcast, and we just ran out of bubble gum. This is the Oversell Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I'm Dan. I'm Mike. And we are here to talk a little professional wrestling. And we're all here. We're all here. All of us. Mike's back from vacation. His head is extremely red. I can still feel that color. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but welcome back, Mike. We did miss you last week. I kind of missed y'all. Well, but I was in Disney World. Yeah, so no, no, you didn't. Don't yeah. lie. Man, hey, you can you can have that Florida heat. Yeah. You can have every bit of it because I it, want no part of it. And that rain like clockwork every day at 2 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually cooler there than it was here those days. I don't doubt you that. Yeah. Well, when it, <laughs> when it drops actually. 14 inches of rain. It only actually rained one day while we were there. Wow. Well, I, oh, you left. You probably left before. Yeah. That's all the rain coming, and yeah. I was like, nope. Screw your reservation. Rain. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Time to go home. We've <laughs> we've had enough Mickey Mouse. Uh, let's get to the big news, probably the saddest news of the week. Um, we lost a wrestling legend this week, uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Another one. Uh, age sixty one. I honestly thought, I mean, I, I honestly thought the first report I saw of it was false. So, well, yeah. It was a joke. I, I, I really did. I honestly thought the first report was a joke. And then I saw the link. The I always look at the addresses of the crap that pops up on my Facebook posts right. and stuff. And I, then I saw it was TMZ, and I'm like, no, that ain't cool, you know. Yeah, and know. then I clicked on it, and sure enough, so. Piper, it, Piper. I can remember. I was one of the. He was one of the guys I was first a fan of when I first started watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, now I was too young to know him from his heel days. Mm-hmm. But that really defined him. He was probably one of the greatest heels of all time. Yeah, the first the first three WrestleManias, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. There's WrestleMania one where he was part of the main event with the, Hulk the Hogan, team, yeah. Mr. Mm-hmm. T, and Paul Orndorff. Yep. Um, with Cowboy Bob Orton on the outside. Yeah. WrestleMania two was a boxing match with Mr. T. T yep. Right. Right. Uh, I don't remember what he did at three, but I can't, I can't remember that for the life of me. Yeah, I can't remember either. Let's um, use the Google machine. But man, Google that you know, shit. let's. But but on the yeah. microphone, there really was There's no one else n- like nobody Roddy. could touch him, and so many great uh, phrases that he used in his interviews, like uh, "just when you have all the answers, I change your questions." That is mm-hmm. such a Badass line. They delivered the, one of the most famous movie lines ever. Yep, uh, and we use that in our yeah intro today. That's our <laughs> that's our tribute to Mr. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, you know, I think uh, some of his earlier feuds 
didn't he? He had a feud with Adrian Adonis. Yep. Right. He did. Um, who gold, was Gold Dust? He feuded gold with dust. Gold Dust. Lawler. I think he had a feud with Lawler at some point. And that was actually the uh, the Adrian Adonis. That was the WrestleMania three. Was that, that WrestleMania three? That was WrestleMania yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> and you know they live. And then he showed up in the blackface for the his match with uh, Bad News Brown. Yep. Uh, half. Yeah. That, cause the it, half blackface. Half of it, yeah. yeah. And when he, you didn't see it till he turned, <clears throat> you know, it's it's crazy that back in then he got away with that. Yeah. And nowadays, if he did that, he would be fired and yeah, stricken and I mean, from history books. And and <laughs> you know it, what what the real what the real funny part is, and you know. You don't realize how much of a part of the business he was as a fan. And then, like, as a worker, oh, my God, you know? Yeah, because you look at it as a fan, and you see, oh, man, Roddy Piper, man, he was in everything and everything, and you know? But as a fan, you don't, you don't, you never saw Piper do a whole lot of moves, you know. He was a fighter. He was He's a fighter. A he was a brawler. He was a straight up brawler. Mm-hmm. You never saw him do a whole lot of moves or anything like that. He he did all all the talking, you know. He was all the trash talking and everything that anybody could handle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, you don't realize, and you didn't. I didn't really appreciate Piper until I became a worker. Yeah, because any Piper promo is promo gold. cutting one hundred and one I mean, is absolute gold. His Piper's pits, mm-hmm. those were incredible. <clears throat> even you know, it, looking back, it was even great when he smashed a coconut over Jimmy Snuka, J- Jimmy Snuka's head, mm-hmm. and you know the Morton Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey, yeah, when he sprayed him with the fire extinguisher. I mean, yep. these are told him to stop smoking. <laughs> yeah, he warned him. <laughs> he warned him. And, but, <laughs> Rest in peace. I can't peace. say I wouldn't do the same exact thing though. Yeah. <laughs> Rest Somebody in peace, Roddy. You know, I think he had like a young start too. He started at the, I think, started fighting at the age of like fifteen yeah. or something yeah. like that. I mean, dude was tough as nails mm-hmm. and a colorful character. Mm-hmm. Um, without Roddy Piper, I feel comfortable in saying you would not have Hulk Hogan. No, because no. he was the perfect foil. To the superhero that was Hulk Hogan. Yep, and he was he was the loudmouth heel that fueled. I mean, you, fueled the bad guy for Hulk Hogan. If you go back and watch his promos, you wanted to kick his ass. Oh you yeah, you wanted to see his ass kicked. Mm-hmm. You know, wrestlers today. Um, Dean Ambrose mm-hmm. reminds me of Rowdy Roddy Piper, both in the way he works and the way he cuts his promos. To me, oh yeah, right. Um, if I were to say anything, I would say Dean Ambrose is like the love child of. Roddy Piper and the loose cannon Brian Pillman. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I see that. But he's left a big, big, big imprint mm-hmm. on the business. And from what I can remember, he's one of the first wrestlers that really um, carried over and had a little bit of success in the film world. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. live. Um, do you guys remember Body Slam? I I, I, I do him not. and him and Tonga Tom were a tag team that worked for. Uh, um, you know, I would probably remember it if I saw it. Yeah, because I think I, I think a little bit of that is Captain, coming back. Captain Lou, yeah, was in it. Yeah. Um, the guy that played Face mm-hmm. on the original A Team was their manager. Yes, and Dirk Benedict. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dirk Benedict. I'm full of useless trivia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there are a lot of great tag teams in that. A lot of you know, you could. They're small, a little bit smaller names, but they're still 
it was cool seeing like Captain Lou and mm-hmm. of course Piper. You know, he played a really nice guy, which you know, around those days, and <laughs> Piper as a nice guy was quite a yeah. shock. Dude. <laughs> uh, Piper was also instrumental in the uh, rock and wrestling. Uh, yes, with the yes. Cindy Lauper and everything. He was yeah. in a lot of. Another, he was in a Cindy Lauper music video. Another the Goonies music. The Goonies music video. Yeah. yeah, him and Lou Albano and all of them. You know, all those guys at the time. And like, and uh, what was the uh, cartoon? He was the main bad guy in the cartoon. Rock and wrestling. Yeah. Rock, yeah. yeah, rock and he wrestling was, cartoon. Yeah. Uh, so many moments we could talk about. I, you know, uh, wasn't he? Um, didn't he do a gimmick on Raw where Brock Lesnar came back? And all the legends were in the ring, and yes. Brock yeah, kind of got in his face. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the only one that didn't like back down. He was the I only mean, one. He, they were all supposed to kind of like step up, and Brock was supposed to kind of get in each one of them's face, and they were kind of back down. Roddy was the only one never took a step back. He just stayed there. <laughs> he stayed right there. I mean, that, that's just a testament to the type of man he was. He yep. wasn't going to back down from a fight. Nope. Or anything, man. Well, um, that's sixty-one years old. Man, and you know when these wrestlers die, these tribute films are making. Oh, oh my god, god that man, tore they my, are. that freaking tore my heart out. That song well, alone, oh yeah, tore not, my heart. Not out, just the song. Man. That the, what got me was that last image. Yeah, of him, him smiling. Okay, the second to last image then of him laughing with Dusty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to start crying again just <laughs> yeah. thinking about that. Yeah, that's really cool to see though. You know. Uh, Wherever they are, they're together. <laughs> yep. And, you know, he had that run in WCW where they caught, brought him in to, because Hogan, uh, they brought him in to face Hogan, mm-hmm. and the tables were kind of turned. Hogan was the heel this time, right. or was supposed to be the heel, which, yeah. we, you know, the NWO, blah, blah, blah. WCW kills everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, they figured they, it worked 12 years earlier so let's yeah, do it again yeah, yeah they and, and let's give the ultimate warrior freedom to do whatever the hell he <laughs> wants to that sounded like a great idea at the oh time didn't it god that one warrior nation thing was just weird and George, my buddy george without piper there would be no hulkamania or wrestlemania there you and, go and yeah. the, you can't say that enough mm-hmm. um man it's just a very it, very influential is, you know there's a there's definitely there's definitely a giant hole in the wrestling world without him. Right. Yeah. And and you know, I heard he was like such a nice guy in the behind the mm-hmm. scenes and you know, he had he had his own Piper's Pit podcast. Mm-hmm. And I think one of his favorite things to say is sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and he was great on Legends House actually like seeing him. Well, that's let's that was that was still kind of a character. A little bit, but I mean, it's it kinda, was that was kind of like total divas to me. It was still it's, but it was hilarious in the one episode where him and Hacksaw were doing the, uh, it was whatever the little question game show contest that they set up for him. And he was trying to, he even admitted, he was like, you know, I'm a heel. I, I'm, I was going to try to cheat to win. Yeah. And the question was something like, you know, is how well do you know your partner? And the question was something like, you know, what is the one thing that Hacksaw can't live without? Mm-hmm. And Piper like wrote it on his hand, like what he answered, so he could tell him. And he wrote "wife." He couldn't live without his wife. Mm-hmm. Hacksaw couldn't read it, so he sits there like all dumbfounded, <laughs> and he's looking at it. And he finally like sees it, and he goes, "Life." <laughs> completely screwed up the whole thing. Piper busts out laughing, and then admits it like in the game. He's like, "Look, I tried to cheat, but he couldn't read my writing." Man, that's great, and, and that's you know that's it's great we have the network now yeah. because you can go back and see any Piper pay per view match, 
you know, I highly recommend the WrestleManias one through three. I never got uh, the last news we heard about Piper before his death was that his Legends contract had been canceled out by WWE. So there, I never, I don't know if we ever got a straight answer on what exactly transpired for that to happen. There or was something. something like Piper brought on Will Sasso, mm-hmm. and, and they made fun of made Steve Stone Austin. Cold, yeah. Sasso imitated Stone Cold, which and, which Sasso is one of the funniest people I've ever seen. Yeah, he borderlines like, uh, you know, it's fine if you bring him on to imitate yeah. Stone Cold, but don't like. Make fun of him. Yeah. And it, apparently it, it, they kind of almost like cut a promo as him and was bringing up, I think, real stuff. I'm not sure. I right. I think, I think Stone Cold, like, you know, he got upset about it, of course. Mm-hmm. And in the end, I think I don't think he thought too much of it. Yeah. Um, but for that, but, for WWE but to I think, terminate well, a Legends contract you know, over that? Well, but the WWE, who does that podcast after all, every so often, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and they're not gonna if if it they're not gonna do anything to have one of their to employees, hurt him, yeah, right. right. So it's a very unfortunate situation, and you know that's some of the last biggest news we have about Piper before yeah. he passed away, which is so sad. But be sure to get on to the WWE Network. It's only nine ninety nine with a free month every other month. It seems like, mm-hmm. um, and watch. Look up his program with Goldust with that back alley brawl. That was Hollywood very, backstage yeah. brawl, back alley brawl, or whatever that was. Yeah. Backlot um, brawl. The backlot back brawl, yeah. yeah. He got hit by a car. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looked like he broke his leg when he well, did yeah. it, too. Yeah, that was still nothing compared to Jerry Lawler getting hit by a car. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably took that from that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but uh trying to think. There's some a couple other feuds he had. Um I think him and Lawler had a feud. Him and Piper feuded for the Intercontinental title. Um, him and Bret Hart, excuse me. Him and Bret Hart feuded for the Intercontinental title at one SummerSlam, I think. Wasn't it, that that one SummerSlam that year they had it in like Wembley Stadium, I think. Um, was it was it Wembley or was it uh, no? It, I don't think it was Wembley. Uh, I don't know, but you know, Piper goes up. back to the territory days. Uh, I think he worked in NWA. I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you know. there's an old video online of him smashing a beer bottle over his head. Yeah, it, man, that's that? A, yeah, that was effing crazy. I know, and he started ble- bleeding profusely. And I mean, it's just crazy, man. Um, I'm just looking through stuff on here. Apparently, let's see where to go. Apparently in 2012, Piper was on season four episode of Celebrity Ghost Stories telling about how he was being visited by the ghost of Adrian Adonis. (laughs) What? Yeah. That's (laughs) what it says here. You know what else he had that was hilarious? He did a wife swap. Yeah. I see that on there. With Ric Flair. Yeah, he switched with Ric Flair, which that... That's got to be a hell of a. Story. It was. Uh, it was. Re- it w- I was wrong. It was WrestleMania Eight. Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper. Okay. So there was a big build up for that because I think they were actually both faces at the time. So, man, but, but yeah, it's just so. Let's sad. Let's move on because I'm going to start to. <laughs> Don't send me home depressed, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Let's do tough enough. Or oh, n- okay, fine. Yeah, L- you know what? Yeah, we're going to go off on right. tough enough. So, <laughs> you know, I am really getting over tough enough to where I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Um, 
Dan, Chelsea uh-huh. was yeah. Chelsea <laughs> was eliminated this week. And Chelsea was um she already had some prior training and she basically got in trouble. Uh, now she worked with Lance she trained with Lance Storm, I think. Okay. Was she the one that they brought in yes. yeah, to replace the, the girl that walked out or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yeah, o'clock okay. in the morning. Okay. So she So had, she was the one that actually played like the physical therapist for Daniel yes, Bryan right, yes, and yeah. all right. that before. Okay. Yeah. All right, so, so how did she get eliminated? Well, she was pulled into the bottom three. <laughs> um, it was her, Georgia, and Sarah. Okay. Zizi didn't make the top or bottom three this week. Which okay, is- but, but first got to say how the bottom three came about. Because now that Hogan is no longer on the show, they brought Miz in. Yeah. And this was his second week. You know, last week he, he used his save to save Amanda because he thought she was hot. I mean, that's what he said. Yeah. So this week, which I, before you go any further, I get what he was trying to say. She has a marketable look. She has, like, yeah, she has the she the has she diva looks, look, and, yeah. and she has a connection with the crowd. And either positive or negative, it's still a connection with the crowd. Right. I get okay. that. Okay, I get that. Continue. Okay, shouldn't have wasted the save on her, but okay. Yeah. So this week, they are starting to go over who they're putting in the bottom three, and mm-hmm. Miz starts out first. He's like, "Well, no, they didn't even get to that point right. yet." Miz was like, "I'm." going to put you in my bottom three. Yeah, they were just talking about the people that they were having problems with. And he's like, Amanda, you know, last week I told you, you know, you you were using your looks and that's kind of, I feel like I've created a monster because that's all you've talked about since then. Yeah. So I'm putting you in the bottom three. And then they started talking about other people. Then where the controversy really starts and I really think it's almost, you know, WWE set this up is the way I see it. Because once he said that, you know, Paige is happy because he, she thought Amanda should have been gone last week. Yeah. They start down at the other end of the table, let Daniel Bryan put his person in, then Paige, and neither one of them said Amanda because Miz already said he was going to put Amanda in. Right. So now Miz is like, you know what? I changed my mind. Oh! Amanda, <laughs> you stay out over here. Oh, son of a bitch. Daniel Bryan had to hold Paige back. Yeah. She was about to, I mean, it looked like she was about to kick his ass. And she's like, no, uh, you know, I... I I'm changing my mind on Amanda. You're, oh you're safe. Uh, bring up Chelsea. Oh my god! And the reason, one of the reasons that um they were was uh, they were upset with her was because she was selling. Uh huh. And they haven't gone they, over selling moves yet. So when she was in the ring, they were what the doing hell a does spot. that have to? Oh yeah. See, they, they 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 said it was because she was trying to make Amanda look bad in the ring by doing stuff that she didn't know about. Oh, piss and, and off! In, and in her defense, she was like, "I was trying to make her look better." Well, have you learned that yet? No. Well, then don't do it. Like, well, what? I, I uh, guarantee, yeah. and I guarantee, <laughs> it, you know, it's going to piss me off this week because I'm probably going to end up watching it and regretting it again. They're going to learn selling. Yeah, and, and and then it's like you just I'm so fucking over. Well, the thing is, though, I, let I me put it, let me am. let me point something out right now, okay? When when we started out wrestling in the wrestling school, okay, I was supposed to do a five minute match, right? I was supposed to do a five minute match of everything I know, and that's at the be- that's at the end of the beginner course, which is like three to four to five months long, depending on how quick you learn. Right. My match, I started selling in. My trainer liked it so much, he's like, fuck this, let's keep going. <laughs> at five minutes, at five minutes, they were like, oh, it's five minutes, let's ring the bell. My trainer immediately goes, do not ring that bell. We're going to keep going. Because he liked my selling. Yeah. 
Well, I went and I went and did the WWE tryout in Birmingham. The number one compliment I got on the match, even though I did fuck up during the match, I like your selling. Well, man, what the fuck? It, just, <laughs> you know, I kind of get their point because they haven't gotten to that stage yet. But like, all right, so you have these girls come on stage, and like last week they had um, Team Bad show up, uh, which is Tamina. Tamina and Sasha Naoma Banks. And, and Sasha Naomi. Banks. Yeah. Naoma. And Naomi. Naomi. And um, <laughs> they, tav- they had her take us, they had the girls take a splash from Tamina. Oh, God. A slam and a and splash, yeah. They just laid there. Yeah. You know, and if I was one of those girls, I, you know, I would have made it look like she, that I just got slammed, but they just, and then they stood up, and it's like, they laid, the, they stood up, you know, smiled, that you're and... unintentionally burying Tamina, but not even, yeah, uh, at least I... act like, you, just give it a little sell, like this Ugh. is the death of pro wrestling. Well, we don't have to worry about it because it. these people are not going to be They're, on TV. You know, I, I actually, no, the show's over. No, I, I think, no, no. If Josh wins. Yeah, I can see I could Josh see, winning. I could see him on the main yeah. roster. I could have seen Mata on and the I, main I've roster. And I've said that before. Josh has the look, so that's who they're going to try to protect and keep on the show. <laughs> I, they probably Vince is probably telling his judges, you put Josh in that bottom three and I'm going to fucking fire you. <laughs> but an, another reason Chelsea, the one who was obviously you know doing the best, mm-hmm. reason she was voted out was because once Paige had to put Gigi up because she didn't get to put Amanda up, she saved Gigi, put her back down. Gigi would have been voted out. She had the fewest votes, but since she was saved, Chelsea had to go home. Wow. So, so Miz basically fucked up everything. Miz, two weeks in a row, become as a judge. He's just go. He's, he's a joke. Oh yeah, he's, like, he's put in there to try to get the ratings up. And I really think well, it's, ratings dropped tremendously this week. I really think that you know since Hogan's out, they weren't going to control what Hogan said. Who they you know who he put down. Yeah. But when, as soon as Miz came in to replace him, they're like, okay, Miz, this is kind of what we want to do. And I really think that's how it's going right now. Well, he, I mean, look at look at how Miz even came into the equation. He was on MTV's Real World, and that's how he even got a shot at doing right. anything with the WWE. Yeah. So, I mean, he knows reality TV, and he knows how to get a rise out of people on reality TV. And he so, has so far. Yeah. <laughs> well, but uh, to his credit... Miz, there was one thing he wanted to do in his life and to become a pro wrestler. And, you know, if you can find some way yeah, to do I mean, it, he's, yeah, he's done do it. it. He I found mean, a way to do it. But you know, the, he, he didn't win tough enough and he didn't let it stop him. Yep. But the one thing is, like, he's the only one out of the, the three judges that he's still in character. He's still the Miz. He's right. not Mike and doing this. He's the Miz because he's, he's acting the heel role, just stirring shit up. Yeah. And that's but, why I really think that he was he was chosen to replace Hogan because they can get him to do whatever they want. But the rating, but ratings went down, so nobody's there to see a character. They want to see reality. Oh yeah. You know? So now that you've got a scripted character playing a judge on a reality TV show, a quote unquote reality TV show, <laughs> then uh, a very controlled you've reality seriously TV show. like screwed some shit up. You we know, know and and. They showed a lot, like, uh, ZZ was getting his ass chewed out pretty much when they were doing the whole show, in-ring yeah. training. Now, he's well, the, I saw that one clip of Billy Gunn going off. Yep. Yeah. That was at ZZ, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in the challenge, ZZ stepped up and was pulling the pull. I pulled the hose. I pulled the hose. I pulled the hose. I pulled the hose. <laughs> yeah, he was great during the challenge, but during the actual, like, in-ring like, stuff. The, the most important part. Yeah. You know, he, he still can't. 
hit spots right. And um, Tanner and Josh, they had to do they had to put together a quick match with everything they learned. And man, it looks smooth. Josh oh, yeah. Josh did a slide, and for a big man, he looked <coughs> agile as hell. He got a good little, you know, he he dropped down. He had a little slide to it. Got up, gave a tackle. I mean, it looked. It, Josh is starting to grow on me. I I wouldn't mind seeing him win the no. show. Like I said, he's he's got the look that WWE wants, and he's he's got potential in the ring. I mean, you can see that he's actually training. He's actually you know busted his ass in training in the gym. I think they said he's lost like I forgot how much weight he's lost sixty pounds or Some, something, or, or maybe not that much, but yeah, if he lost 60, maybe like sixteen or something. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's yeah. he's getting lean. Yeah. That's a small child. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done talking about tough enough? Because I, I just yeah, I, we gotta I, move on. Please. Well, I, I just don't say, send me home pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say, unless a miracle happens for her, there's no way Amanda makes it past this next week. Because you never know. Because <laughs> Miz can't save her again. Paige, if when it gets to her, I really believe that as soon as it gets to her, uh, she's saying Amanda Sarah, and not nah, changing. Well, I think you think that, but then she says Sarah again. Yeah, well, she well, she couldn't say Amanda because she had already oh, thought that's that a good, that's a good point <laughs> that Miz had already said it. So neither one of them voted for Amanda. But there's there's no way she makes it past this week. I don't think. And if she does, that's the, who WWE be, wants it, to win. It'll it'll be the popular vote will save her again. No, the popular vote won't save Amanda. No. Well, there's I don't no know. way they'll, they'll unless, well, the, unless ZZ and Sarah, the other two, the popular vote. No, no, With no, ZZ, you're, no. Right, you're right. And you're Daniel right. Bryan's the only one that's got a save left, and he's not going to use it to save him. Let's hope not. And you know, I liked his point for why he elimin- or why he chose um, he chose Gigi for the elimination right because of the way she was complaining about the bump the slam yeah and it didn't really look that bad to me yeah it looked to me like she landed on her side not on yeah, her head exactly so but reality she's doing the reality tv thing man just yeah. exaggerate something and make yourself look good i think i thought sarah did all right with her yeah but i don't know uh ella did you guys any of you guys happen to check out lucha underground they had their series premiere or season finale this i week. was actually watching that uh vampiro and uh God, what was the other guy's name? Their match. Um, I mean, that was a hardcore freaking. Yeah, that that company. It's it's so different. Yeah, and it's so it, it's refreshing. Yeah, um, yeah. It's made like it's made like an like a Mexican soap opera. Yeah, yeah. Which you know, I know WWE is a soap opera too, but it, the way it was shot. With the f- grainy film footage at certain parts and mm-hmm. stuff like that, it, it, with certain film film filters on certain right. segments and stuff like that, you know, yeah, it's a soap opera. But that's exactly what pro wrestling is. Yeah, it's yeah. a men's yeah. soap opera. So it's a different take on it. It's a fresh take on it, and I like it. And I'm happy. Yeah. Um, Johnny Mundo is getting a fair shake at yes, it. Yes. I heard he's done really well mm-hmm. since he's moved over to Lucha Underground. And even our favorite, one of our favorites here, Alberto Del Rio, is uh-huh. apparently. Been turning it, tearing it up down there. Yeah, El Patron, I think. Yeah, El Patron. Yeah, yeah. Mm. which I've still never really liked him. I just yeah. Well, I I think you didn't like the Mexican JBL gimmick. Oh no, I just didn't. Nothing he did ever really impressed me. It stood out. I mean, it was just okay. Yeah, he's wrestling again. Just my opinion of you it. Can only, I mean, you can only pull the gimmick. So many times. Hey, you weren't here last week, Mike, and I want to let's get your. Uh, we we talked about a little bit about the Hulk Hogan situation. Okay, give me your thoughts. My nerf herder. 
<laughs> we say ninja now. Okay. My, my ninja. All right. My bad. <laughs> that is our word. You cannot use that word now. <laughs> right. Well, when I when I first like read about it and what he said, the first thing that popped in my head was ECW. You fucked up. Yeah. You fucked up. But again, like I, I I listened to the podcast last week and I I really agree with what you said, Dan, about, you know, it was in private, you know, that's, it's nothing that honestly he ever thought was going to get out. It was, you know, it was a private conversation. Now, granted, shouldn't have said it, but, you know. I mean, look at the, look at the whole freaking situation. He was banging a friend's wife. Uh, yeah. And got, re- <laughs> and got at, recorded. At, at his request, too. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. mean come on. You know, you know, who's going to look around for a video camera on that <laughs> episode, you know? <laughs> Holy crap. But I, I understand WWE's <laughs> situation of, you know, wanting to distance, you know, themselves from him. But I think it's completely ridiculous to erase him from, you know, WWE history. Especially when um, it was Terry Bollea that said these things, not Hulk right. Hogan. There is a difference between the two. True. And I really don't I don't think he would, knew he was being recorded. Well, no, obviously not. I mean, it's... And then, of course, you know, they, re- they take this opportunity to release any and all audio of him saying it. And, you know, there's a recording of him talking to his son while he's in prison. Right. On the prison phone system. And, you know, somebody gets a hold of that, you know. And like sometimes TMZ, it's really cool, like some of the news they come out with. And then other times, like, you can tell they're just out to make a buck and ruin people's lives. Oh, yeah. You know. I mean, this is like paparazzi feeding on, you know, paparazzi shark frenzy, pretty much. And they're just chewing up Hulk Hogan and spitting him out, pretty much. And the thing is, you know, not that it ever would have happened this way, but, you know, if he would have actually said that on, on like, a TV show mm-hmm. or a camera or something, he would have caught some heat for it. But because it was a private conversation and it's something that somebody, you know, nobody had heard about before, that's why it's such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Just a sad situation, man. Just another. That's a hero. Yeah. And, and maybe the, uh, over time, I saw, I saw I saw a good meme the other day though oh, too. Lord. Did you see that? I'm where I'm, it, I've it seen had a couple. it had uh, Savage, Dusty, and Piper in the top of it. It says uh, you can die like a hero, or, and then it had Hogan in the bottom of it, and it says or you can live long enough to become the villain. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I thought that was very appropriate. <laughs> my, my two favorite ones that I've seen was. The Andre the Giant tripping. Tripping, yes. <laughs> Who can forget the legendary yeah, was, moment when funny. Andre the Giant that tripped and fell at but WrestleMania then, 3. <laughs> the tweet CM Punk sent out when he heard about it. Yeah. He said, oh, Booker T said he was going to get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Finally got him. <laughs> I wish Booker T wasn't working for WWE so we could get an actual re- oh, yeah. reply out of him on Twitter. Because that would have been funny, too. <laughs> man. Like, we got you, son! <laughs> Speaking of Booker T, man, they they um did some sort of um quick video with Lita, Billy Gunn, and Booker T talking about the contestants that were left. And when they got to ZZ, like, <laughs> Booker T got up and left the room. Yeah. <laughs> because he just did not want to talk about ZZ. And then he came back in and was like, don't vote for this man! <laughs> don't vote for this man. So... 
Um, Raw this week was all right. You know, nothing really crazy over the top happened. Heyman came out some point and wrote or did another killer ass promo for Brock Lesnar like every other week. He pulled a Heyman. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, one thing, small thing, I really liked this week. I loved hearing uh, the primetime players on commentary. Those guys are yeah. hilarious, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, I really like hearing those guys on commentary, man. They, they comedy wise, they're pretty funny. <laughs> um, and uh, there's something else that there's this like I guess it's kind of like a viral video going on. What are those? Yeah, where you point at someone. Well, at one point when they went to break, Kofi and the New Day <laughs> were yelling at one of the guys. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> what are those? Yeah, silly. <laughs> Silly things like that. And did you see, have you guys seen Seth Rollins' new shirt? Yeah, that, that you, never shuts up. And on the one? back, you know what it says? You can't see me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see me. And, you know, they played off that broken nose thing perfectly to oh, yeah. me. Yep. Um, the the match he had with Neville yeah. that opened the show. Yeah, that, that I didn't think... I, I don't know why I forgot about Neville when he was like, it has to be under six feet. I was like, oh, here. Yeah, at yeah. first I was like, <laughs> El Torito. Here comes Brock. And then he says all that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Another great. Ever since Neville's gotten called up, I've been nothing but impressed with him. He's done everything right. And losing to him didn't hurt him in this no, instance. No. He lost to the world champion. Yeah. He had him pinned, but he got the foot on the rope, and then that distracted him for the mm -hmm. loss, basically. Yeah. And it, yeah. Great show, yeah. Great, great and, match, and, and it was it, it was great. Also seeing uh, the divas get a long match. I mean, there was a commercial break in the divas um, match. I believe mm. there were two divas matches. Oh yeah, yeah, not. yeah. And word is they're talking about creating divas, divas tag, tag titles. titles. That would be awesome. Becky and Charlotte better be the first holders of that title. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> uh, I heard saw some other news. Let me discuss this with you guys real quick. Okay. Lana, you know, was apparently at some point supposed to get a big push. Yep. Mm -hmm. But now the next the big diva is what yeah. they're saying. But now they're thinking that big diva may be Ava, Ava Marie. Marie. I. <laughs> that looks like that hurts you a little bit to hear uh, that. <laughs> unless unless she's gone and like for God's sakes gotten some wrestling lessons. Um, you know, well that that's I'm, what they're I'm saying. Not, I'm not sold on that. That's what they're saying though. They're saying she's uh, you know, since she's been tra training with the Brian Kendrick, you know, she's getting a lot better. And I she think better be. Yeah, yeah, you can't get any worse. And her matches on NXT, the one I saw, she she improved. Right. Uh, All right, we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be talking to Poker Face. So stick around. This is the Oversell Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to the Oversell Podcast, and joining us now, big Memphis indie guy, Poker Face. Poker, how you doing, bud? I'm doing just great. How about yourself? Man, I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, we're doing fantastic, Poker. Good to talk to you again. Me and Poker have been a part of many locker rooms and stuff. I've actually worked for Poker on uh, two or three different occasions uh, as far as yep, promoter-wise. Yeah, I worked with you on my first show as well. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the Ripley show, uh, the the Millington, the Millington Mayhem. Mayhem. Yeah, yeah, and you've got Millington Mayhem 2.0 coming up. The oh, uh, yeah, loving our troops and stuff. Sleep and 
<laughs> that's a, that's the life of a promoter, and uh, you know, like I've said many times on podcast here, I promoted and uh, booked one show, and it was my last show, and it was the last show I'll ever book. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame. I guess I'm stupid. To keep doing this. <laughs> <laughs> like you're right. Yeah, I got you know, you know, get bit by that uh, promoter bug. I just I wasn't bit by it. It didn't. It it stung me more than anything. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so. it's. It, it, me when you go on the go on the red, but uh, that's yeah. a whole different other story. Well, uh, the first show we had at um, we had at the USA Ballpark there in Millington, and right. uh, is the is the second show going to be there too, or is it? Uh... No, I, I thought about it, and because uh, technically the show was, uh, I, I was going to try to do it like every spring, but you know, uh, just due to you know you know financial you know issues or whatever like that, and so we got pushed back until you know, next month. And I, I really almost like crap bricks over the first one because it's always when you got outside shows, it's always potential of being caught off to the you know weather and stuff. And I was like, I didn't want to go through that again. Mm-hmm. And I said I'd rather play it safe, you know, and just you know doing inside. And I, as the last show that I did back this past December, I was uh, I, I was kind of halfway you know filling the building. It's a it's a building that's owned by the Navy and. You know, I, you know, it was like, it was okay. That was the act. Was it, it was a, at first, it was supposed to have been at the high school mm-hmm. um, in Millington, but, you know, they, you know, it just came up with that. So I had to, you know, you know, post, I had to push it back a week or two and change venues, in which everybody loved, you know, loved the building. I asked a couple of the guys, one of the few times I actually took opinions, mm-hmm. and everybody loved it. I said, okay, well, I'll try it again and you'll see how it goes this time. Now th- this is one of those uh, off-site buildings. It's not. Uh, it's not technically on base, is it? No, it's not. No, okay. no, no, it's not. And I I'm think I know which sure building you're having clear. it in. Then I think I know which building right. you're having it in. Then and I've been in that building. That's a good building. So, right. Yeah. It's like almost like next to the National Guard Army, so you can't miss it. Like they call it the. the uh, it has a couple of names. Some people call it the Navy Gym. Some people call it the Joe Duggar Building, and, and others call it the N82. But it's like a big. White building almost puts you in the mind. Now that I think about it, I never thought about it till right now of old Sportatorium in uh, Dallas, Texas, where world class wrestling used to be. So that kind of oh, kind of nice. puts you in mind. I might kind of be talking above a lot of people's heads that listen to this, but that's what it kind of puts you in the mind of. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, you've been in. How long have you been in the business? I mean, I'll ask you the same questions we ask everybody here <laughs> that always come on the show. It's like, how long have you been in the business? You know, I, uh, I've been in the business. It was 19 years in June. Wow. Wow. And you, uh, yeah. ha- who, do, how did you start? How did you get your start in uh, in uh, pro wrestling? Well, what originally, um, I, I kind of started uh, halfway, kind of like, like a backyard. I went to the point of like you know some of the DVDs that you see. So it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that serious. But then I would go to the, um, they were still doing Monday Night Wrestling at the Mid South Coliseum here. And so when I bought one of the uh, programs and it had an advertisement for the uh, USWA Wrestling Academy. Now here and there on the Saturday morning programs, they would they would advertise for it, you know, here and there, but it was nothing regular. So anyway, this particular Monday night, they had uh, the uh, address and the contact info for whoever was running the uh, USWA Wrestling Academy, which was located at the fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. You know, mm-hmm. so I, you know, I, I made a call, whatever, and I 
I can't remember who I, t- I don't know if it was promoter Eddie Marlin, which is Jeff Jarrett's granddad. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it was him. But I know he was there when I took, you know, when I was uh, going to train. So for a couple of weeks, I would, uh, I had a, I had a 91 Ford Temple. So it was an old car and four cylinder. And I would drive up there, mm-hmm. you know, by myself, which is scary, you know, because I had never driven that far by myself. Yeah. So, you know, at the time, <laughs> I'm like, you know, buck 30, you know, driving fast, so I'm the smallest guy in the class. And, you know, I'm nervous. I'm not knowing what to expect. Then after the first, you know, wrestling lesson, you know, I, I said, I don't think this is for me, <laughs> you know, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I mean, I was sore. I think even my eyelashes. <laughs> so, you yeah, know, and it's like you know but the next you know me i've always you know like tackling challenges and you know climbing mountains you know so the next week i was up there you know the week after that and i didn't you know daniel how you know the you know uh, the rest of the curriculum that you encountered at uh ken wayne school i didn't uh i wasn't as structured as that Mm-hmm. You know, I went to a couple of lessons, and I just, you know, got to the point where I couldn't afford to, you know, keep driving up there on my own, you know, paying for gas. Yeah. You know, then, you know, I was younger then, so, you know, I, I wasn't wise with my money. Yeah. Like that and stuff. So, um, so, and that was, that was, I went, like I said, I went maybe like four lessons, you know, and I, and I, <laughs> I picked up enough. And for those who are watching this, don't, I mean, listen to this, don't, don't follow my lead because, I was blessed that I wasn't seriously hurt, you know, just from, you know, what I went through thereafter and stuff. And, um, but I, you know, so from that point on, when I got my, after I got my first match, which was here in Memphis mm-hmm. at the National Guard Army, it was kind of like on the job training, so to speak. And so I had like my first match, it was, I want to say it was like June, I can't remember the exact date, but it was June 96. And and my second match was like March '97, mm-hmm. and Moon Dogs, the late Moon Dog Spot, former uh, WWE uh, World Tag Team Champion, he gave me like my first real break, you know. And I started there for a couple of years. Again, I'm on you know, bus thirty if that much, you know. And so I was going up there, and it was located in my hometown, which is roughly an hour from Memphis, so it was a little bit easier on me for as far as driving back and forth. Mm-hmm. And so I was there every week, you know, and you know, and then my a lot of times my family would come and support me because that's again, that's my hometown. Like probably like half the town probably, you know, the population of the town is my family. You know, so I had that, you know, more support. That's what made it a little bit easier for me. Mhm. Well yeah, you you it definitely makes it easier the closer you are to home when especially when you're training yeah. and everything. Cause like uh, I like you talking about the hurting and everything, man. You you don't know how much you can hurt until you get into a wrestling ring and go through a full on wrestling workout. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I, there was some nights that uh, I was praying I wouldn't pass out on the bridge over the Mississippi River to get back home. <laughs> well, I trust now. I've been there many times. But I've had to I'll hit my head, and man, it's like I'm about to black out, and I had to put like into like hotel parking lot and it was kind of like sleep it off because you know i you know, took a you know uh like a suplex and you know landed instead of landing on my back you know hit my head and mm-hmm. you know and all that good stuff you know so uh you know but you know I, i've been there on you know many nights when he's gonna black out like lord please let me make it all you know so. mm-hmm. you still with us yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. sorry. I, th- I thought I, I, I'm sorry. I thought I heard a click there for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it was the cold born. My, 
Because me and I just had to call her back. I just low. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell, tell Nicole I said hi. You know. Uh, okay, I sure will. <laughs> uh, now you were at that show, in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get murdered for saying this name wrong. Was it Oklahoma, Mississippi, uh-huh. this weekend? How was that? That's correct. It was it was great. Oh, and I and I actually that you know as long as I've been in it, you know after a while, you know you, you know it's kind of I, I never go through the motions, but it's not. You know, when I first started, you know, I couldn't wait, you know, for the weekend to get here, you know, so I could, you know, I could wrestle and stuff like that. But as you get, you know, you know, you know, more miles in the business, you don't look forward to the, you know, the weekend as much, you know, like that. I mean, I still get excited, but I actually look forward to Oklahoma because it's very, it's been very few places that I wrestled in where it's just that much energy, you know, from the crowd, you know, when I get there, and I mean, it's just like. I mean, it's unbelievable. Even if I'm, you know, having a day, you know, a long day, and I'm just like, man, I just don't, you know, I don't feel, you know, it's it's almost like two hours from Memphis, which isn't far. I've, you know, driven further, you know. But once I get there, the crowd, so I mean, they were there like early, you know, because I was wondering because they, you know, they had the uh, the UFC, the Ronda Rousey, the, the, uh, the Rowdy, Ronda Rousey fight uh, this past Saturday, and I was wondering would that affect our crowd. But when we pulled up, I mean, the parking lot was already like half full, mm-hmm. you know, oh, and, wow. and the people just, I mean, and they, they get me, you know, and it's like, you know, and I, you know, um, I get them, like I said, and they, I mean, they show me much love, much, I mean, and then the crowd, they're so, they're hot for everything. I think, of, you know, somebody throws a bag of popcorn up in there and the colonel's fly everywhere, you know, they'll get excited about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we not saying anything bad about them. It's just that kind of energy in the building. That's and, It makes it a whole lot more easier to work. I know that. <laughs> it, it does. And it's like, and, 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 um, and Joel, he runs, he's the promoter, and I can tell that they really care about, you know, you know, the company, you know, and I was there and I kinda, you know, to a certain point, I wish they would run, you know, more than once a month, but you know, and hopefully eventually they will and I love to be a part of that. You know, and and they do very well for the crowd and and I know I uh I wrestle for a company uh in Clarksdale and that crowd whoever I mean and this has been me for like, you know, a number of years, you know, whatever it is that I do, not necessarily wrestling whoever that's, you know, in charge of like, I want to feel passionate. I'm a very passionate person in everything I do. And I want, especially with wrestling, I want whoever I wrestle for, you know, the promoter, the owner, whoever, I want them to be passionate as well. And I was a wrestler for this company in Clarksdale. And they would get maybe, you know, you know, four or 500 people, which is, you know, a, a nice-sized crowd for this area. Mm-hmm. You know, and I you know, and I make good money, but just I didn't feel that the, you know, that the owner was passionate. It's like there was no... It didn't like it was a lot of time put into the show. Yeah. And and I felt that. And then I get there from the time I get there to the time I leave, I just whine and complain. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be a headache to him, you know, but, you know, my guys that I you know, rolled up there with, you know, I was, like, miserable. And we were on our way back to Memphis. Uh, we go, you know, through Tunica and stuff, and we are like, halfway back. You know, and I told my buddy, look, man, screw this. I ain't going back. Mm-hmm. You know, because I didn't enjoy myself, you know, because – you know, I'm at the point now, you know, I can take a leave. You know, if I'm not happy, so I can get to leave. You know, I, you know, I'm kind of uh, asbestos, so I can't get any heat, so to speak, like that for You know, it doesn't mess with me because there's nothing, nobody can make a break me right now. I mean, unless it's, you know, of course, up in, you know, uh, Titan Towers. But other than that, around here, it's like, you know, I wasn't happy. You know, and if I don't, and if I don't, you know, the people I'm working for or around aren't, you know, passionate, then, you know, why do I, you know, why, you know, why am I going to be there? 
Right, right. You know, so I quit. Yeah, you know, and, it, so and that's you know, I was bigger. You know, that's that's you know that's part of it. You know, that if you don't if you don't notice that everybody's given one hundred and fifty percent, you know, especially the owner or the booker, you know that that, that kind of cuts into the locker room. Really, you know, it's a, it's one of the things I call a locker room killer. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, right. if one guy if the, if one guy doesn't have passion and it's the it's the guy who's running the place, then yeah. You got problems, so right. it bleeds and, and through. Their, and their roster was—I mean, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, take a crap on the guys. I mean, I didn't really have, you know, the guys were, you know, friendly for the most part and stuff. It just, you know, and, and I think when I got into position where I was booking, you know, and calling shots, I got kind of spoiled because I, I was so used to, you know, how I do things, mm-hmm. you know, and I know, you know, and then when somebody else's passion is it even close to mine. Then it's like, and I'll be like, look at this, so and so right here, like that and stuff, and and it would just like, like say, it just, you know, and I, and I've learned not to, you know, compare what I do, do what somebody else does to what I do, because everybody's thought process and direction and reason is different, you know. But it was just like, you know, and I like, and I've been around long as you know, I honestly, on the with exception of like Motley, you know, I had probably been around more than anybody on the roster, you know, like and stuff. But again. You know, I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't see in the past. You know, and it could have been me. You know, every time the guy was doing something right, you know, it had almost like five hundred some people there. But you know, just like, you know, it just a lot of it just seemed like it was thrown together, and it was like, you know what, you know, you know, because eventually I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna snap off, or you know, if, I, if I'm miserable the whole time, why even waste my gas? You know, why even? You know, put the miles on my body like that and stuff. So I, you know, I just you know chose to stay at home. You know, and I wish them well, but you know, it was not for me. I never say I'll never go back. You know, mm-hmm. but they have to really make an offer that I can't refuse. You know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And that's you know, that's just part of working in the business, really. You know, is like you know, living and learning on who to work for and who not to work for. You know, so right, exactly. But uh, you know. Um, I, I know, I know, you were on one iteration of Power Pro Wrestling back in the day, weren't you? Or Memphis Wrestling, maybe? Uh, I've done when I now Power Pro. Uh, my tag partner Rude, he had a tryout, mm-hmm. uh, and that was like I guess what we would call a dark match. It was before Power Pro came on air, and he needed an opponent uh, for that morning, so I was his opponent. But I never appeared. On any of their television shows, I did that match. I did a match. I think it was like a tag match. I think me and my partner tagged in uh, West Memphis at the National Guard Army, and they did an event at uh, Christian Brothers University. And I did that, but I never appeared on the television. But I did appear, you know, for a couple of years on Memphis Wrestling. You know, when uh, Court Macklin was live. Now I was there for a couple of years. Okay. And then uh, you guys off and on did uh, did spots on Heat, and uh, I think did, didn't I? I saw you on SmackDown one time, uh, getting beat yeah, up by uh, getting beat up by the Basham <laughs> brothers and getting uh, whipped by their manager. Uh, right, right. Um, that was I. Um, <laughs> it was they, uh, I, It was actually Velocity, so we we considered uh, WWE's C show. Yeah, so, you know you got. For all, you got SmackDown, you got Velocity, and um, and I actually the night before 
before they did, uh, I guess, no, actually, I guess Velocity would be their D shows. I would say Sunday Night Heat, but then the C show. So I was on the D show. So, mm-hmm. and, um, and how they came about, um, Alan Steele and my tech on the roof, they were booked. And I, I can't remember if I was or not, but I think I got bumped or whatever. But anyway, but, uh, uh, I think I was booked anyway, so, uh, but they, I had the most dependable vehicle at the time, so they needed to ride down and stuff. So we all, you know, jumped in my car and we rode down to, uh, I think it was Huntsville the first night. And so, and, you know, and so we got to like real early, whatever. So they basically, you know, came up short, a guy. And so, you know, um, and which a lot of people don't know this, uh, Rude was actually going to just show you, you know, that, you know, and this is, and I can't even honestly say that I would have done the same, but he was going to, you know, rough his first night at Raw, then he was going to play Hurt. So the next night at SmackDown, I would take his place. Oh, not good. And man. Don't know that. That's you teamwork know. right there. <laughs> but, yeah, that's, uh, that's <laughs> a buddy for really life. Is, you know, yeah, it really, I mean, it really, I mean, that is like, I'm like, wow, I'm like, I, I would like to think I would have done it for him, you know. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> they they uh, ended up running short a guy, and so I was backstage. Now, now you couldn't probably get away with being backstage if you're not on, you know, on the little list or whatever. Yeah, so, they, to, like, they've gotten really restricted. Early. Right. I mean, when we got there, it was probably maybe like nine, so we were there like, maybe like three, four hours for ticking time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um so we were there so you know, so Sergeant Slaughter was uh he was in charge I guess of the extras at the time. So he was like, you know, you're like and I heard him talking on his breath and he was telling one of the other agents like, Hey, you know, I think we're we're short a guy. You know, so Rude gets his gun like nudges me like, you know, man, say something, speak up you know, and I was like, Well hey Sergeant, you know, if you need extra guy, I got my bag then he was like you know, uh, you get your bag, like, yeah. He's like, well, well I think it. And to me, out of all the BS that I dealt with all the years in wrestling at that time, that was the pinnacle of my wrestling career right there. You know, so I, you mm-hmm. know, so I try to, you know, I always try to play it cool. So I'm walking out of this mode, and when I cut that corner, I was skipping like a schoolgirl, <laughs> you know, the recess. You know what I'm saying? You know, and it's like, wow. You know, so, you know, so then, uh, so that's all I needed. So then the next night, so we, uh, we did, you know, so I did the dark match. It was me and Tyson Tomko versus uh, Heidenreich and this other local guy, the guy that I ended up teaming with the next night on Velocity. And mm-hmm. so, so then Rude and Alan Steele ended up tagging against Mark Dendrak and um, Garrison Cade. And, you know, so then after that, we drove to Birmingham the next night, you know, for SmackDown, which I was like, okay, well, cool. You know, I did my match. I'm, you know, I'm good to go. So then... They was like, okay, well, you know, who's – and I was surprised they let me use my name because I know, like, Flex was uh, one half too cool, too. But he had to use his real name, you know, mm-hmm. uh, when he appeared. I think he appeared on Sunday Night Heat, you know, so – but I was able to use Poker Face, you know, so that was great. So then um so the smack time the next night and I mean, the next morning and stuff. So then uh, we were hanging out there and stuff, so they was like, well, uh, we want you and, – and I had another dark match. You know, so, okay, cool. So then, you know, it's time, you know, then, you know, I was getting prepared for the dark match. Then uh, the referee comes out, which one of y'all's poker face? I'm like, it's me. He said, hey, okay, you're not in this match no more. You're going to be in the tag match versus the Basham Brothers. 
Oh, nice. You know, I'm like, oh, <laughs> wow, okay. You know, so I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm going to be on SmackDown, which was wishful thinking, you know. So, you know, when I was on the D show, but still fine. I still got the FaceTime or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, so me and the guy, I, the guy that I had to wrestle against in a tag match the night before, we ended up being, you know, uh, tag partners against the Bastard Brothers or whatever. And, like I said, of course, you know, that matter came in, cheated, you know, and I had to, you know, ruin my chances of beating the tag team champions. But, you know, <laughs> but it was, I mean, but it was, I mean, it was awesome. And, I t- and then you had a chance to witness it, too. I mean, you don't. You don't appreciate what the WWE does until you have a chance yeah. to, you know, see them just even just putting it up, not even being a part of you know the of the show, but just seeing you know them you know setting up the Titantron, them setting up the barricades, the ring, you know, and all the prep work that goes into it, and it's like, you know, just being a part of that, you know, whereas on the indie show, not knocking it, you know, I'm saying you know on the prep they really do send up chairs in the ring, and that's you know, and, and make sure there's enough butter on the popcorn, right? And, you know. <laughs> Whereas, you know, you see this million-dollar production, you know, being erected, you know, right in front of your eyes. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, I mean, I'm just like really like it's you a know, little kid in the candy store. Like, man, you know, this, I mean, I'm again, I'm trying to play it cool. But, you know, on the inside, I'm like on Tom and Jerry, my jaw drops to the ground. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> but it, it makes all the BS that you go through, you know, at least for that moment, you know, that you, you, know, that you go through on the end scene. It makes it worth it, you know, and a lot of guys don't realize that. I'm like, man, you don't really understand, you know, what it is until you get a chance to do it, mm-hmm. you know, and that's why I say, you know, if I, you know, ever never get signed, I said, at least I, you know, witness that, you know, I witnessed, you know, you know, this man, you know, after the match that I had on um, the, the dark match I had raw, you know, he gets, you know, all four competitors in my match to the side, you know, and he, you know, you know, gives us his thoughts on the match, mm-hmm. you know, which, you know, me and the other guy weren't contracted, so he could have, you know, you know, very easily just told us to take a stroll, but he, you know, critiqued all of us, and I was honest, you know, you know this is Vince man, he takes the time out, you know, and, and, and gives me pointers, mm-hmm. you know, and I was like, you know, I was like, I never would have thought it, as they say. Yeah. I never would have thought it, you know. Yeah, and... My brush with uh, Vince was actually in in the writing room um, the night that I went. They were looking for a fake CM Punk to put in the ring against Ryback, and uh, mm-hmm. they picked me and another kid who was like really really smaller than me. And I was like, "Yeah, that mm-hmm. kid's got it. I know he does." But I'm along for the ride, sure. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know they took us back, and uh, they go back to the production room, and there's a there's a security guard sitting out front, and there's a light. There's like a red light to tell you know nobody comes in the door. You know. And right. uh, they go, they go knock on the door, and they say, "Okay, you know, we're bringing the guys in." So everybody gets all quiet, and they take me in and the other kid, who and this kid, and and I, I had so much respect for this guy just off the fact that he was there. We were in Birmingham, Alabama. He had drove from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the the day of gotten down there in time for the tryout and everything, slept in his car, did not have enough money for a hotel room. He slept in his car. And, and you know, here he is standing next to me in a WWE writing room, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, I was, I, I knew, I knew for a fact he was going to get it, you know, because uh, there was no way I was going to look like a fake CM Punk, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, as a so, consolation prize, at least you got to be a Rosebud. Yes, yes. I've got, <laughs> I've gotten that honor. So I think 
Yeah. <laughs> but no, the, and the, and we walk in and basically they look uh, they look us up and down, you know, and uh, then it, there's like 30 writers in the room. I couldn't believe how many writers were there. Yeah. For SmackDown of all, it, it, there's like 30 writers for SmackDown. And, uh, you know, they all, it was like, you know, they all turn around and look at you. You're like, and it's like, you're the kid in the back of the high school classroom that hit the front chalkboard with a spit wad, you know? <laughs> right. And, it. Yeah. <laughs> and Vince, Vince is up front and he's looking at us and goes, uh, gentlemen, pleased to meet you. And we're like, well, pleased to meet you, sir. And they're like, okay, that's all we needed to see. All right. Thanks guys. And, you know, they tell us to get out the door and we'll go, and so they can go back to writing or doing whatever they're doing and everything. And you know, of course, the kid, you know, sitting next to me, he's the one that they picked for the CM Punk. You know, they made him CM Skunk. They put a stripe, a white stripe, down the center of his head and, and turned. Turn, wow. And Paul Heyman brought him out as CM Skunk. <laughs> so, but yeah, that was my brush with Vince. <laughs> and he's, I mean, and I, oh, I met him again because I. Uh, the first, when the first time I went up there was 03. The second time was 09. So I'm like, okay, dude, I do it in six year increments. So this is my sixth year, and they're going to be here in September. I'm like, okay, well, I guess we'll see now. And uh, <laughs> so the last time that uh, we were up there back in 09, I was on Raw. I was part of uh, Cedric the Entertainer's Entourage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> I do remember yeah. that, yeah. And I, and I forgot I hadn't even put in for the show. And, um, Wouldn't it you, Rude, and Austin Lane were all a part no, of that? Wasn't there. It was oh, no, Kevin, Kevin Charles. It was, it was Kevin Charles, Danny B. Good, Austin Lane, Mess Boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he just broke like a <laughs> whole mess load of people out of that limousine. <laughs> right. I mean, then you were talking about how many writers it was, but off camera, which you didn't see, you had you know, all of them, like the, you know, the writers and the directors standing around. And I'm like, this is, you know. A lot of people just were like, what segment, yeah. you know, and and I had always heard, you know, that, you know, and I did, and I realized that when I went back, you know, when I went the first time, you know, they say, you know, the Vince is the boss, you know, the bug stops him. So when we did this segment back in 09, and, uh, well, we, they had the camera set up real good because we were all feeding in from the, you know, the, uh, off the camera, you know, through the other memo door. Yeah. Like any stuff, and, uh so we 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 feel that segment. I don't know how many times you know. Then they you know they play it back, you know, and everybody be like, yeah. And Vince was like, no. So okay, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, how many times did y'all do that segment? Oh, it was. I want to say at least at the least like five times. And, oh wow! And what they did earlier that day, they brought in like a <laughs> like SUV limo, mm-hmm. and. So they were like it was too high for what they were doing, you know, because they had the farmer and the goat get out, and they had the rabbi, they had the old lady, and like, no, it's too high for this. So they sent it back. I'm like, man, that's money right there when you can send back the SUV limo. Yeah. They got, they <laughs> so they brought in a real limo like that and stuff, and um, and so uh, you know, so then uh, it was uh, you know, so then they was and what they kept messing up is where they wanted us to stand, you know, because like okay, when you get the limo, we want you to uh. You know, they, they say, okay, we're standing right here, you know, which is like close to Cedric, shake his hand, yada, yada, yada. So then we did it that way. They're like, no, okay, we're going to roll it back. We want you to uh, stand by, like, one of the wheels and lean forward. So, I'm, you know, I'm 
five freaking eight, you know, so I was only so far I can lean before I almost, you know, topple over. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't have long arms. Like this though, so it's like, you know, so they did that, so then they're like, no, okay, you know, so we did all that, and they, uh, you know, so we had to run it back. So we did it, you know, it was like, oh, my goodness. Because then I think one time we had to, uh, we had to do another tape because they could see people feeding in on the other side of the limo. Ah. I guess stuff. So we got, you know, so the so only person honestly that was sitting in the limo was the Bellas, uh, uh, Cedric, and the the farmer and the goat and the goat handler and me. Everybody yeah. else fed in. You know, <laughs> since I was the first one out of the limo, like that and stuff. And stuff. And so it was great, you know, so then we finally got it and stuff. And uh, then, it, like I said, it was, I mean, it was, you know, I wasn't as nervous doing it, the, you know, the second go round uh, for you know doing the Raw and SmackDown because, but it was because you know I had you know kind of been there, done it, and I was going through a lot of personal issues at the time, so my mind was kind of like it, it was enough. It, my mind was on you know the task at hand, but then mm-hmm. it was like okay, we're good, fine, okay. Then after after they finally approved that second, I went back to the, you know the dressing room or whatever. Then uh, Austin Lane, myself, and Kevin, we hopped in. Uh, we ended up driving like a. Uh, Conway, Arkansas, because that night we were in Little Rock. Go to Conway, and I think we dropped off. I won't say it was Austin's car. I think it was, and Austin hopped in the uh, in my car, and we drove. We had to Tulsa the next day for SmackDown, mm-hmm. and we were like uh, the, that night uh, we were the Undertaker's Druids. Yeah, you know, yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> we had no FaceTime that night, so mm-hmm. you know you saw my hands, and that was pretty much it. You know? I remember uh, <laughs> Kevin Charles told me he went around freaking out the divas, walking up behind him with all of his Druid stuff on. <laughs> and and, and, and what was so funny about that was. Um, uh, I uh, and again, it shows that Vince is the man. You know, he's he's the boss because we had uh, they you know you know they have you know all their um, you know the seamstress and costumes and everything back there and stuff. Yeah. So uh, so they gave it to us. You know, said like, okay, we all you know you go in here and you uh just you know you know we'll be back you know you know in about ten fifteen minutes you know and get y'all we'll you know do a walkthrough. So like as soon as we get in there. All right, best wants you, uh, you know, on the still, you know, on the set, yada yada yada, like that stuff. So it's like, you know, this guy down there, you know, pulled out the whip, we're like, you know, like yeah. that stuff. So we had to throw it on, you know, because we had to have it on, like that stuff. So I, you know, like again, my robe was like real long, so I had to like tuck it in my shorts. So I'm like, I drew it with shorts on, so you see my tennis shoes, my, you know, my hairy legs and stuff. <laughs> so we're literally running the backstage area and stuff. So we do the walkthrough and stuff. You know, so then they were like, okay, which one of you guys is the one with the pretty leg? You know, I'm like, <laughs> I said, that would be me. Like, that is stuff, because I told them, I said, well, we, I said, we had to, you know, I explained them why I had to tuck it in, because I didn't have time to, you know, to set the robe right, because if y'all want us right there, like, oh, okay, like that and stuff. So we did that and stuff, then, you know, in the B and speed distance of, the, of Undertaker, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but just walk past the guy, seeing, I mean, literally seeing chills up yeah. and down, you know, your body, I'm like, wow, man, I'm taking Oh yeah, he has a presence about him, mm-hmm. you know, and and so uh, then I, uh, I I'm kind of jumping a little bit. I know the night uh, the uh, the night before when we were at Raw, you know, all those extras were kind of like huddled together, you know, like peas in a pod. You know, I'm like, man, I'm like, you know, I want to get noticed and stuff, and uh, and so I uh, and I've always been ballsy, you know, so so I'm watching, I'm always watching, looking, watching, looking, watching, looking. I saw Vince. I guess with, with whatever notes or, you know, uh, production notes for that night, he was walking into the arena area. I'm like, okay, screw this. 
So I go in behind him, you know, and I was winning. I, you know, I just, you know, shook his hand like, you know, hey, you know, thanks for you know this opportunity. Which I know he didn't know who the hell I was. Yeah. Like that, and he just, he didn't even speak. He just gave a little nod, like, okay, hey, okay, no, moves on along. You know, but it was like I said, it was cool. And I, you know, you know, and Lawler was Jerry King, you know, so I knew him. I spoke to him, and and probably that Friday before, I had an opportunity in my hometown of Osceola. To, uh, to, uh, to wrestle with Scott Hall and see Vincent and stuff. So I talked with him, like, hey, I'm going back, you know, up there and stuff. And it was, I kind of it was hushed on it to a lot of people. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, they were giving me, you know, points, you know, because they had been 60 years, so what to do, what not to do, and all this and that. And um, so she was like, yeah, I'm going to call, you know, Bruno, which is your buddy there, you know, and I'm going to tell him, you know, look out for you. Like that and stuff, you know, and it's like, you know, how this business is, you know. I'm, and I've known Sid, Sid, you know, never gave me a reason to doubt him, but you know, I'm thinking it's kind of like Hollywood talk. Oh, okay, Sid, you know, if you say so. Mm-hmm. You know, so we get there the Raw that uh, Monday, and and uh, and Bruno was like, Yeah, Sid called me, he left a message on my answer machine, told him, we'll Watch out for you guys, I get us if you need, you know, and that meant a lot, you know, so it's like, you know, Bruno. You know, and Bruno was like, you know, every I've never had, you know, a bad experience with Bruno. Bruno's always been one of the boys, you mm-hmm. know. Oh, yeah. Like, and stuff, and he, you know, and he was like, you know, uh, but I think the brawler had walked past. The brawler, these are my guys. So he introduced me, Austin, you know, and Kevin and stuff. You know, and um, so that was, like, real cool. Like I said, I wasn't nervous, but just to have, you know, Bruno, you know, you know kind of like, you know, keep his eye out for you in the midst of, you know, his other duties and stuff was, was great. And I'm gonna jump back a couple more years back when I did the first deal. This was uh, uh back in '03 when uh, we were at SmackDown that day, and it was extremely cold in the building. You know, and I'm anemic, so you know, anything below 70 degrees, you know, I got mittens on and some yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> you know, so we're in the building, so I'm walking around with the hoodie, you know, and security, you know, you know, they were like, you know, and they, had, you know, which. I don't say how they didn't see me though because I was at Raw the night, you know, the day before. You know, there's not too many guys even now and then it looked like. And so the security, you know, so we just got through talking to Bruno, just, you know, chewing the bad a little bit. And so I turned the corner, so security's about to, you know, like, Danner apprehend me like that and stuff. So Bruno yells back, <laughs> hey, it's okay, he's with me. You know, he's like, hands off, like that and stuff. And I was like, man, that's some cool <laughs> stuff right there. here a while back you'll have to go back and watch that uh on our uh, website or on itunes or whatever and mm-hmm. uh, we did we did a man we talked for burn we, we talked with Bruno for what hour and 45 minutes oh, yeah. solid yeah. two yeah. hours i mean it was a great interview uh, yeah and i dropped that's the only time i've ever dropped about 15 pounds in sweat in one interview too. <laughs> 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 yeah, Derek over here was marking out for Bruno. <laughs> well, not only that, he lives in a very hot house. Oh well, the, yeah, the, there's no <laughs> AC in there. Yeah, so that too. But now, uh, you know, poker. Uh, you you always have like an awesome take on the business and everything. And and I'm 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 a fan of your Facebook videos that you always do and everything. I'm always listening to you and what you got to say and stuff. And me and you pretty much have the same line on a lot of things and a lot of opinions and everything and you know just got to say you know it's been an honor sharing a ring with you you know and uh being across the ring from you and being on the same side of the ring with from you and everything and uh 
Derek Singlin, me. I think he's yeah. got a question. Uh, I wanted to get some. We're going to talk. We've already talked about this earlier in our episode, but um, thoughts on Rowdy Roddy Piper, please. Um, I think it, it's a tremendous loss to the business. You know, he was one of those guys, which is very few that never was champion and who never needed to be. You know, and he was one of those. Guys, I mean, and it took me to you know get in the business and get you know and mature more in the business. To appreciate a guy like him because you know I think and I honestly I don't believe you know a lot of times you know we had to turn the on button you know in the on position when we get in front of the camera and I think Piper was Piper I don't think he was a you know an act or a character or anything like that I think it was just who he was and to lose a guy like that and more and more you lose guys like this you have you know you know the I guess the pool of guys who have been there done that is getting more and more shallow. You know, to teach guys, you know, that are coming up in the business and stuff like that because I really feel the guys of yesteryear and the guys of today are, I mean, it's like comparing apples and oranges, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and that's both good and, and bad at the same time. You know, and, and same thing with, like, Dusty Rhodes. I mean, this guy just oozes charisma, you know. And so, you, I mean, so, I mean, just this, you know, last you know, three, four months, and you lost – Two of probably the you know greatest guys that ever lace up a pair of boots. Oh yeah, you know. So, did, did you I, ever happen to get a chance to meet him? I was in spitting dishes of Piper uh, some years ago. He did a book signing. Um, it was him and I. What's that guy's name? He used to be an announcer, ring announcer for WCW. Uh, I can't think of his name, but I think that was you know. I don't know if that was like his road agent or whatever, but it was this uh, bookstore here in Memphis that Piper was here. And uh, and uh, Tony Myers, he said, you know, that Piper wanted to talk to a couple of the boys, you know. And, and, and I don't know if a lot of people know this. Piper had uh, off and on talked about, you know, I guess basically, you know, us wrestlers unionizing or whatever. Oh, yeah. And, mm. and I think that's what it was about. But really, honestly, only me and Tony Myers and Rashad, you know, was, you know, he wasn't a wrestler, so I guess a certain way he doesn't count. So I, honestly, from my memory, only me and Tony Myers like showed up. So we didn't end up getting, you know, I don't know. We wait around, wait around, you know, because again, he was doing a book signing as well and stuff. So it was a long line. So we had been there for a while, you know. Then it's like, okay, well, you know, I think I had something else to do and not to, you know, stand around for like one, two hours. Okay, I think it's time for me to go. And you know, I think he was kind of a little, you know, felt a little dejected by the fact, you know, only two guys showed up. Yeah. You know, so uh, I mean, so but so that's so I didn't. I was I, I looked at him in person, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't like officially meet him though. So. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I I think that would have been like the most awesome thing to happen in the business if we'd have gotten together and unionized, and you know, we actually had you know benefits and stuff like that through a union. Right. That would be that would be awesome. I mean, and that's you know just. You know, pro wrestling, for all of its, you know, you know, detractors and everything, it's entertainment and it's sports mm-hmm. combined, you know, and you're you're basically putting your body on the line every time you get in the ring, you know. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you know the person on the other side of the ring or you don't know the person on the other side of the ring. Um, you know, it's it's just, it's basically putting your body through a car crash every single time you step in the ring. You know, and over and over and over again through time, your body's going to eventually give out. 
you know. I mean, yep. look at look at the Mick Foley's and you know the Terry Funks and every and you know, those guys. You know, Mick Foley walks around like he's eighty and he's only like forty. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I mean. For a, something's got to happen eventually, you know. I think something will happen eventually. WWE probably won't be a part of it. I would be very surprised if they are. But uh, as far as unions go, man, yeah. you talk about a profession that needs one, and it's pro wrestling. So, but uh, no, right. I definitely I want I'm, I want to go ahead and end our interview. You know, uh, <laughs> Poker. I want to thank you for coming on. I want to save some stories from for you know when we have you on next time because we definitely want to have you on next time you know and, oh, and keep well, having you on man. You know, and I'll, I'll be here. You know, and uh, wh- once again, what's what's the date for uh, Millington Mayhem? It's going to be September nineteenth, two thousand fifteen, in Millington, Tennessee. The event is called Millington Mayhem Two Loving Our Troops. It's going to be military theme. We're letting, at first, it was just going to be the military active and retired and free, but due to, you know, certain events in this area uh, over this past weekend, I've opened it up to free admission for firefight, active firefighters, active law enforcement. Awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, first responders, so EMTs and paramedics can get in absolutely free. And that's all, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's awesome, man. And if folks wanted to reach you on social media? Can they do that? They can. Uh, uh, they can reach me. Uh, I guess the best way to check out my website, PokerFaceEvents with an S. dot com. If you go to the contact section and uh, if you got any questions about anything, just fill in the little form and it'll send it right to my email, which will send it right to my phone. You know, I got one of those jitterbug flip phones and stuff, and you know, the old people get paid <laughs> seats and stuff. <laughs> you know, but if they if you got any questions, or you can follow me on Twitter. At Poker Face Events. At Poker Face Events on Twitter. That's or, awesome. Hold on, or, hold on. They should follow me on Instagram <laughs> at Your Poker Face. Your Poker okay. Face. Your Not my your poker, poker Face. face. <laughs> your Poker Face. Yeah, your Poker Face. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know, always great talking to you and catching up with you and everything. And uh, we're gonna say we're gonna save more stuff for next time when we talk to you again. All right. All right. I really appreciate y'all having me on. All, all right. right. Thank you. Thanks, Poker. Thank you. Later. Bye. All right. This is professional wrestling legend Downtown Bruno, who is privileged enough to be on the Oversell Podcast. That was our interview with uh, Poker Face. Great interview. Can't wait to have him back on some more time to get more stories. I know Dan and Poker could talk for hours on end. Days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> before we get to Superstar of the Week, uh, had a little spirited discussion, didn't we, Dan? Uh, yeah, apparently I ruffled some feathers <laughs> with my opinion of Kevin Owens. But, Which you know. we... And we're going to work on getting a live broadcast so we can have a chat room and we can enter, you know interact with fans more if they want to listen to us live they may realize how shitty of a podcast we do and <laughs> how many times we have to edit yeah <laughs> yeah but we always will will you know enjoy having opinions to talk about and you know it's it's good to have discussion yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. If, it gets, if it gets personal if, i'm not going to be involved with it if you're if you're you know if your opinion is, oh, well, those guys don't like Kevin Owens, I've never listened to those guys again. Yeah, turn our show off. Because <laughs> we all three have differing opinions on everything, you know? 
Right. And the world is full of people with different opinions. You can't just go, I don't want to hear what you say because you don't like certain things. La, 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 la. You know? <laughs> so, that guy is never going to listen to us ever again. Well, you know, I'm, I'm all for listening to one side of an argument and giving my side of the argument, you know? So, you know, and that as is, I've said before, and, you know, the, who was it? Let's see. Patches Chance. Chance. Yes. Now, okay. Patches is, um, uh, he's a fellow Bucks fan. Okay. <laughs> Everyone knows I'm a big Tampa Bay Bucks fan. I think he works for a podcast or he writes for a podcast called What the Buck. Mm-hmm. Um, very good podcast. Love what those guys do. Um, but we always welcome you to, you know, discuss our opinions. Mm, I mean, your own every, opinions. everyone has their own opinion. That's why you can reach out to us at Oversell Podcast on Twitter. I am at Shropnuts, S C H R O E P N U T S. I am at One Dangerous Dan. At Wolf Mike 23. You know, and two, Patches Chance. If you want to come on the show and have a discussion, we'll have a discussion, you know. But me being in the wrestling business for seven years, I just don't like Kevin Owens' promos yet. Okay. Now, I did see emotion out of Kevin Owens this week when he told Miz to shut up. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's, I thought that was the best. I liked it. I, I liked loved it. that. Um, you know? And you know, and I want to see more of that. Yeah, and he had a good promo. I think he did an interview with Michael Cole in NXT this week. Mm-hmm. And that was really good. Um, okay. He At NXT TakeOver in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Ladder match between Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. Yep, that's going to be great. And let me let me ask you guys this honest honest opinion: Do you think it hurt Owens to lose to Finn Balor? No. Be- mm, well, I don't think it hurt him to lose that, but then losing to Cena mm-hmm. that consecutively. Yeah, those two consecutive losses. I think that's what hurt. Yeah, uh, because that, it, his it, momentum has come to a screeching halt with those two it, losses. Right? Oh, yeah. And you know, even if he got a dusty finish. And then they go on and finish it at SummerSlam and then put Owens over right. or something. But now we have a title for title match, possibly, mm-hmm. depending on Cena's question but, mark nose. But I'm I'm <laughs> glad they're actually doing that. I think we had talked about it a couple of weeks ago that that's the only way I wanted to see that match happen is if it was title for title. Because mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like those matches where, you know, it's a champion versus champion, only one of them's on the line because then you're tying up a title that's not being used. Right. And this way at least at least they're going for both titles basically. All right. I'd like to see Rollins get some more heat and take the title off of Cena actually. That, that oh was, yeah. Oh. They need that a was, they uh, need a monster heel right now. Oh yeah. And Rollins is kind of teetering on monster heel regular heel, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. At least he's, he's still, not cool heel. Yeah. So I don't like the cool heel. Well, that's going to be it for this week. But as we always like to do at the end of the show, whenever I remember it, which I think I've gotten good about, <laughs> let's do our superstar of the week. Wow. Oh, hey. We're like, okay. I got a migraine. My- <laughs> Mike. Uh, I'm going with Neville. Okay. He had a great Very, match. Great choice. Great, great choice. Match. Um, You pick yours. I'm still thinking. I'm going to go with the primetime players just because I thought they were extremely entertaining on commentary. I'll pick primetime players as well. Yeah, that was entertaining. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be it for us this week. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to give us a five-star review. Leave us a little comment. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter. We just gave you our accounts. Oversell Podcast is the main one. Head over to OversellPodcast.com, buy lots of stuff from those Amazon links, and help support this podcast. Also, I wanted to give a quick plug out because he's been plugging us recently. Be sure you're listening to the Word of the Bay podcast hosted by Kyle, Nick, and Jonathan. They talk about Tampa Bay sports. They're a friend of the program. I got to come on and talk uh, 
I got to teach one of them about the Andy Kaufman in Memphis <laughs> wrestling history. And hopefully nice. they're going to have me on and we can talk a little more wrestling. But did, you, did you know about the Andy Kaufman getting slapped by Jerry Lawler? They watched that uh, while we were on the podcast. Oh, nice. So, nice. Um, and we're going to get Kyle on sometimes because he was a big fan in the Attitude Era. So maybe we can do like an, a we recap the Attitude Era show. Also, next week, we are going to be talking to Andrea, former TNA knockout Rosie Ladalove. Be sure to check it out. This is the Oversell Podcast. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! <sniffs> and this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon.